the Dance Theater in Harlem is here in town, dancing for you this weekend. Two programs with the Dance Theater of Harlem as uh, they celebrate their 50th anniversary program in Detroit at the Detroit Opera House. And uh, joining me right now is the official resident choreographer and former principal dancer of Dance Theater of Harlem, Robert Garland. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Wonderful to be here. And first of all, welcome back. I know you have been here with the company before. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. As uh, the former principal dancer, but uh, now you have this brand new official role. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about the piece that you have choreographed. And there is a a Detroit connection because uh, the music is uh, by one of our native Detroiters, Stevie Wonder. The great and wonderful Stevie Wonder. Uh, I was looking to do a a work that uh, would reflect uh, both the post-civil rights 1970s uh, a moment for African-American culture and community and uh, using that music to reflect on where we are now uh, with com- some of the current social justice issues. Uh, so this music fit that bill in terms of uh, creating kind of a, a, an opportunity to look in the mirror a little bit backwards and, and say and see where we are now. Well, tell us a little bit, too, about the history of Dance Theater of Harlem. It's your 50th year, and the 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 organization, I think, was formed to give the opportunity for, for, for African-American dancers and, and people of color to participate in the world of dance. Well, I, I, this is uh, my, my spiel, I call it. I give it to everyone because I never like to assume everyone knows. Uh, Dance Theater of Harlem was founded in 1969 by a man named Arthur Mitchell, who was the first black male principal dancer of a major ballet company. And the reason that that is important is because at the time it was believed that people of color, children of color, could not excel at the classical art forms as classical ballet, music, sculpture, painting, anything from what is called the Western European tradition. And Arthur Mitchell, through his art form of dance and specifically ballet, sought to prove them wrong. George Balanchine, the great 20th century ballet choreographer and founder of New York City Ballet, hired Arthur Mitchell and made him a principal dancer. And soon after leaving that company, he was on his way to start a company in Brazil. And he heard about the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he asked himself, why am I going to Brazil to start a company when I can go back to my own community? He came back to that community, started a school, had 500 kids within two weeks, wow. and had a company not long after that. And here we are 50 years later. Well, you made <laughs> yes, uh, uh, a great story and yeah. um, uh, a great success as a, a company that continues to delight you on. Now, you're originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I imagine you made the connection. You went to Juilliard. Yes. and uh, But you, you danced. Did you dance first for dance? You were at Philadelphia Dance Company. For- I was in the Philadelphia. I started training at the Pennsylvania Ballet, uh, and I also danced the Philadelphia Dance Company, which was at that time a very small uh, African-American uh, modern company in Philadelphia. And uh, after dance with the company as a teenager, I graduated from high school and immediately went to Juilliard because my mother, of course, wanted me to go to school. Sure, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, that's kind of yeah. That's kind of a high watermark there. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not too shabby to, exactly, uh, hey, exactly. Mom, I'm going to go to Juilliard. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, while at uh, uh, the Philadelphia Dance Company, there were teachers that would come down, including the co-founder, Carl Shook, 
of Dance Theater of Harlem. And the principal dancers then came and came down and taught us. So I was familiar with the company. I'd seen them perform in Philadelphia. So my entire time at Juilliard, I did dream about going to Dance Theater of Harlem. And eventually, after I got that Bachelor of Fine Arts, I made my way uptown and I'm still there. Uh, and, and now you are, well, congratulations, their first official resident choreographer. And you're going to have, dear listener, the opportunity to see a world premiere uh, choreographed by Robert Garland with the Dance Theater of Harlem. And that is Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., March 14th, and 2.30, Sunday, March 15th, uh, the Dance Theater of Harlem, in town for two performances at the Detroit Opera House. There is another work on the program, Robert Garland, uh, with music by another kind of Detroit connection for us because the music is by Jessie Montgomery, and she's been affiliated with the Sphinx organization, which supports uh, young African-American and Latinx string players and Every year, we're so pleased to be able to broadcast the uh, Sphinx organization uh, finals at the Orchestra Hall. So we're, there's a, that's a, a work called Passage. Yes, absolutely. Passage was choreographed by Claudia Schreier and the composer is Jesse Montgomery. It's original music, and it commemorates the 400th anniversary of the landing of the first African-American slave ships on the shores of America. It is a beautiful, expansive, and wonderful work, and it sort of is reflective. The whole program is reflective of the broad of the bridge that Dance Theater Harlem has always provided. As a young person, I remember watching the company back in the uh, uh, 80s and, and, and early 90s, and they were doing works not only to classical music, like A Serenade by Tchaikovsky, but also to popular music as well, so... Uh, I'm juxtaposing my Stevie Wonder Ballet. I don't think we've mentioned yet that we have this Detroit native uh, as uh, my musical inspiration. Uh, juxtapose that against Jesse Montgomery's original work for Passage. You get a broad scope of exactly what Dancer Hall represents in the way that Arthur Mitchell uh, wanted it to be. You know, I was watching television last night and I was watching, um, it was on the World Channel, and I was watching a show about. Uh, the traditions that Native Americans bring to dance. Yes. And and thinking about ballet, European ballet uh, developed along a certain way, maybe kind of a focus on the prima ballerina. And then as a little bit of I know about it is that when the Russian companies brought ballet forward, it became much more acrobatic or, or much more physical. And, and the male dancer was allowed to shine in a way before. What do you see... With Dance Theater of Harlem, what um, the Afro- African-American experience can mm-hmm. bring to ballet? I think that it, it, it broadens, you know, um, the idea that actually George Balanchine himself had when he came to uh, uh, America. He was a fan of jazz music. Interesting. It is indeed one of the things sure. that convinced yeah. him to come here. Uh, and after seeing uh, the, 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 hearing the jazz music and watching people dance to it, he knew that uh, for in, being in America, he could not. American Ballet Theater was here already. Mm-hmm. The, the company, of course, that Missy Copeland dances with, they were already doing the Nutcracker. They were already doing Sleeping Beauty. He needed to do something different. So we saw the syncopation and the speed of jazz, and combined that with his knowledge of classical ballet from Russia, and created something called neoclassicism. So in in that sense, when he met Arthur Mitchell, it was kind of like a powder keg exploded, and the two of them became 
almost uh, creative collaborators in, in, in some sense of the word because uh, there were times Mr. Balanchine would go to Mr. Mitchell, as he said, and said, hey, Arthur, you know, what's that step, you know, I saw in that jazz club the other day? Yeah, yeah. So this one said, yeah, I want to put that in a ballet, you know, and so... So it was a very creative relationship the two of them had, and thereby creating a new way of dancing ballet. You know, it's funny you mentioned Missy Copeland because she has been such an inspiration to so many different people. And again, talking about how ballet changes, uh, also just the physical appearance of uh, a body size in, in ballet, I think that's another barrier that maybe has been broken. That Most you know, I, You know, ballet is for everyone, not only for the audiences, but also for the performers. There doesn't have to be this one type of this one type of dancer, yes, this one type yes. of look, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You know, it's very important that we talk about diversity around the board, be it uh, the dancers themselves or the choreographers, the designers, the lighting people, because everyone has a different perspective. No, no. And, uh, and and we're America. You know, we're, we're full of different perspectives. And we're always full of surprises, as we recently not- noticed. So, um, so yeah, so it's a, been a very, very um, wonderful journey um, working for Dance Center of Harlem, being able to reflect that. Um, I joined Dance Center of Harlem because of the moral and ethical basis that it was founded on, which was to give opportunities to people that did not have them. Well, we're so glad you're here in Detroit and looking forward to uh, the world premiere uh, of uh, your ballet uh, with a music uh, by Stevie Wonder, Higher Ground. And it's happening this weekend, Dance Theater of Harlem at the Detroit Opera House, two performances, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Check it out at their website. It's so easy, Michigan Opera, all one word, michiganopera.org. Robert Carlin, welcome back to Detroit. Um, hey, stick around for a while. We'd love having Absolutely. you in town. I love being here. <laughs> and, 313. Uh, <laughs> uh, 313. That's where we're all about. Thanks so much for, for, for your work, and uh, congratulations. Thank you.